Welcome to the Haunted Hangover Podcast. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm joined by my bud, Dave. Hello, everyone. So, Dave. So, Louis. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Yep. And we're going to change things up in this episode and cover a Valentine's Day-themed slasher flick. But Mm -hmm. it's not the one... (laughs) Or two that most people think. There aren't many Valentine's Day themed, I think, films in general. Besides My Bloody Valentine and Valentine. Even, like, non-horror. I can't think of too many Valentine, like, Valentine's Day themed films. Can you? Is it The Prowler a Valentine's Day movie? Or, or Is it? I don't know. It might be. I thought or it was like a mermaid, some... a mermaid party or some shit. Yeah, or like... I could be. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but like even even non like non horror, I can't think of many films that people watch around Valentine's Day. Especially like in the horror community, it's the same too. You see fucking Harry. What is it? Harry Warden, right? Mm-hmm. The original. And then the remake. That's usually <laughs> what people like watch. What year did My Bloody Valentine come out? Off the top of my head, I think it's 1980. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to fact check right here while, while we're recording. Let's see. All right. I'll do the, my... I'll do the news music. <laughs> Let's see. So My Bloody Valentine... 1981. So this came out the same year. Yep. <laughs> this movie we're going to be covering came out the same year as the OG My Bloody Valentine. The only There's a the reason only, why I asked. And the funny thing is the original, the OG My Bloody Valentine came out a few days before the actual holiday. When comparing it to this film, which when we get to the breakdown, I'll say what the release date for that for this film okay. is was a few months later it was way after valentine's day but that's enough rambling about valentine's day themed films sure and, and let's let's jump into into the film we're going to be talking about which has many names and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna run down them here in the intro before i okay. go into the breakdown and we're going to be covering x-ray aka hospital massacre A.K.A. Ward 13, A.K.A. Oh, Be My Valentine. This is going the Tommy Valley route. <laughs> yes, it's got just as many names as Tommy Valley. The results are inconclusive. We have to run some more tests. But this whole checkup is just a... A what? A simple formality. I've been promoted and I just need some sort of medical certificate for my new insurance. No checkup is ever just a simple formality, Miss Jeremy. So X-Ray was released on April 23rd, 1981. Nowhere near Valentine's Day. <laughs> like I said, just it's technically af- it came out after My Bloody Valentine, so it's it, by my bloody Valentine's got the one up when it comes to uh, Valentine's Day themed horror films because it was released a few days shy. Like I said, sure. It was directed by, as usual, I'm gonna fucking butcher this. Boaz Davidson, okay. B O A Z is his first Boaz. name. Boaz. 
Bose, Boaz Davidson. Bose um, Davidson sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that is. It is a unique director's name. It's a cool director's name. Um, funny enough, this dude hasn't really done like he's directed a bunch of shit, but nothing really popped out to me when I looked at his filmography. Uh, he did produce the Expendable films and the most recent Rambo films, like the last two to come out. So Boaz okay, has Bose. a relationship with uh, Sly Stallone, which is All funny. All right, Boaz, we see you. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's an interesting career choice to kind of go from making these weird, I guess this weird movie, and then in the 2000s working with Stallone on these fucking cheesy-ass action films. He's making bread. Okay. I guess that's all that matters. My sure. man still has a career in 20, 20, 2020, 2010. When was the last alone, uh, the last Rambo movie, I mean? Like oh, I have no fucking clue. Three years ago, I think, there was a new Rambo movie. Um, it stars Barbie Benton, which sounds like Spider-Man's girlfriend. I, don't, I just love how this actress has the name Barbie Benton. And I think I know why that's her name, because she's a Playboy cover model. Four times. Okay. I can this see girl, that. She was a, a Playboy cover girl four times. So she was very popular. She also dated Hugh Hefner. So she Look was calling that. the shots. She was calling the shots in that uh at the mansion. <laughs> so two things yeah. I gotta drop on y'all. This movie was slapped together, if you will, to cash in on the slasher boom that was happening. <laughs> A hundred percent. 1981, a year after Friday the 13th, a few years after Halloween. Nope. It's, I I feel like these were the, like, 80 to, like, 85, 86 are, like, the prime slasher years. I feel like all horror films during this time were these type of movies. Yeah. Uh, But Barbie Benton, besides this movie... She really, her too, she really didn't do much of anything else. She's in this one movie called Death Stalker, which is like a fantasy swords and dragons type movie. Oh, that that movie's awesome. It is. I love it. That's the other thing I know her from. Um, And then Hee Haw, the show Hee Haw. (laughs) I had Death Stalker on VHS right next to me over there. I have to dig for it. Death Stalker is a great movie. I haven't watched it in a while, but I, I don't know how many people, like, know Death Stalker. So... Okay. It's the, it's the ultimate like power metal movie, or like yeah. that's, what, that's what it fucking uh, reminds me yeah. of. Yeah, it's got like a Frazetta looking cover and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Like fucking Dio or some shit, something along those lines. When you look at the cover of Deathstalker, but yeah, that's that that's Barbie uh, Benton's career. Uh, another actor in this in a very brief role is Billy Jane, who. Starred in Cujo, Nightmares, and Buddy from Just One of the Guys. Thank you. I was going to say that. Yep. <laughs> so, he it's funny. He's barely in this movie. He was obviously very young. And he's only in two seconds of this movie. But got to start somewhere, you know? Sure. Side note, Nightmares and Just One of the Guys and Bloody Birthday are all fucking awesome movies. I fucking love Nightmares. And- and just one of the guys. <laughs> and the little girl that's in the beginning of this film with him were both in the movie Bloody Birthday. 
That's an interesting fact because those two. I, 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 I again, I don't know when Bloody Birthday off the top of my head was I released, but it's got to be around the same time. This. Yeah, but it it's got to be right close. Before this, and then yeah. they, they, they paired the kids again. But I mean, it was very short this, this pairing because they're only in it for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, so. it is funny how they're, they're both in Bloody Birthday, which is. Like, all the kids in that movie have huge roles. Like, they're the main characters. They're the fucking crazy killer kids. Great, great yep. movie. All right, so let's let's dive into the, uh, the breakdown of X-Ray. So the film begins in 1961. We meet Susan Jeremy, who sits playing with her friend David. There, I, I know a David. What's up? <laughs> what up? Another boy, Harold, watches... From a nearby window. I always got a kick out of that name, Harold. Sounds like a creep. <laughs> Sounds like a like Harold a little and shit. Maud. <laughs> Harold and Maud. Yeah, that's a, no, another. We're naming we're naming all the great movies on, on this episode, funny enough. <laughs> Even Tune though we're in. talking about X-Ray. Uh, uh, Harold, again, watches from the window. He sneaks in and leaves Susan a Valentine. Like one of those homemade ones you'd like leave your crush as a kid. Yep. Both Susan and David come across the Valentine. I forget why they leave the room, but they leave the room. Susan leaves the room a couple times, but they leave the room briefly, come back, and they find the Valentine, read it, make fun of it like a couple of shitty kids, crumble it up as Harold watches on. Susan, very rude. Susan leaves the room to cut a piece of cake with a giant machete. I might add, <laughs> yo, dude, I have to call, I have to pause the breakdown to talk about this for two seconds. What a ridiculous fake out. Like, did you fucking ca- like she pulls out yeah. a machete to cut a cake? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird, like foreshadowing things that make no sense in this yeah, movie. The movie is full of that. But I just love how like off the bat in the beginning, there's a massive fake out and it's ridiculous because who cuts a cake with a ginormous machete, especially if Susan. you're like eight years old? Susan. <laughs> Susan. Is her answer? I, think, I think she's the real fucking psycho of this movie. And, and, and in hindsight, when you think about it, I might be right. <laughs> so <laughs> she comes back into the room and discovers her friend David dead, hanging from like a hat coat type rack stand. He's just hung there dead she screams in terror and we jump 19 years we learn that susan is recently divorced she has a young daughter and a new boyfriend named jack on valentine's day jack takes susan to the hospital so she can get her results from a routine checkup the reason she's getting this checkup something about she needs new health insurance or she's requesting New health insurance from a new job, something along those not like along those lines. It's it's kind of quickly brushed over the reason why she's doing this, but it's not the most important. It's basically the checkup is just like a whatever checkup. I'm dropping a bit of trivia right here, and this movie was filmed in an abandoned hospital. That's pretty cool, and it makes sense mm-hmm. why they do so much with the building. Like you could tell they had complete control over. Like the location. They could do basically whatever they want. It looks like it. 100%. Inside the same hospital you just mentioned, we witness a creepy doctor 
dressed in full scrubs and surgical mask, like we all know and love in 2022. <laughs> he watches Susan from a window. It's true. And he caresses a photo of a young Susan and proceeds to delay Susan's stay in the hospital by killing any doctor, nurse, and even her new boyfriend, Jack, in the process. I don't want to get into Jack's death just yet because I want to get I want to talk about that later. The killer even messes with her exams and paperwork, keeping her just keeping her in the one thing after another. This fucking surgical mask wearing killer continues to just fuck with Susan. <laughs> like one like one after the other. They're just like you have to stay. You can't go. You have this wrong with you. This is weird. Bugged out shit. It's really strange. It is. It's fucking odd. Susan befriends a doctor named Harry who is trying to help her because he notices these strange abnormalities in Susan's paperwork. Something doesn't sit right with him. Surprise, surprise. He fucking... He vanishes halfway through the movie and it turns out that Harry is actually Harold grown up and he wants revenge because why wouldn't he want fucking revenge? Why wouldn't he want revenge after she crumbled up? She broke his heart. She crumbled up his Valentine almost 20 years prior to this date. <laughs> A chase ensues. Susan is captured. And we learn that Harold wants to remove, remove Susan's heart. He wants to remove it. And there's, there's this really funny line where Susan... She asks Harold, what do you want? And he says, what I've always wanted, your heart. <laughs> about to get it. Literally, he wants to remove her heart for whatever reason. Okay. Eventually, uh- Susan breaks free and is able to use her lighter, which is foreshadowed several times throughout the movie. She lights Harold up in flames like my man was dipped in kerosene. He just engulfed in flames in literally two seconds. And he accidentally throws himself off the hospital roof in an attempt to run (laughs) at Susan. And hits the ground. Harold is dead. The next morning, Susan is reunited with her ex-husband and daughter because they've been... Worried about her? You cut to them several times throughout the film. Like, they're trying to find out what's going on with her. It's a weird subplot. And basically, Susan acts like none of this happened. It's just like, all right, some guy tried to kill me. (laughs) And that was X-Ray. Literally, in my notes, the last little bullet point I have in my notes is... Dude gets set on fire, runs off into a dark room, then runs back out and falls off a building. Susan leaves like nothing happened and is greeted by her ex-husband and daughter. Finish. (laughs) That is the ending to this fucking movie. End of (laughs) X-Ray. Well, I'm afraid we're going to have to keep you here for a while. Why? Some discrepancies in the tests. But... We'll have to keep you under observation for a few days. Is it serious? No. It's nothing. You can tell me the truth. Is it serious? Yeah. 
might be. Alright, bud. So we don't we don't shit on movies on the haunted hangover. No, I don't I don't like listening to podcasts that do that either. So we're not gonna shit on this, but we we're, are gonna discuss our disbelief of this we film. We are. We are going to to, di- to dive deep into the absurdity that is X-ray. Now, I agree with you. I, I don't like when shows shit on things. I get it. Movies are bad sometimes and it's necessary. As a filmmaker, it's a per like I, I've I wrote a slasher film that I don't think has aged very well when I was 25 years old. It got made. We made it. So, you know, I, th- I could never personally be very critical of a movie because I know how much work it right. takes. And, you know, because you've scored films, you mm-hmm. know how much work goes into a movie. Right. It's someone's movie. Now, the reason why earlier I brought up that this movie was basically slapped together is because that's what it is. I mean, it totally feels like that. This movie just feels like it was thrown together to cash in on, you know, on an upcoming genre that everybody would eventually be obsessed with. And it just, they were trying to do a lot of things here, I feel. (laughs) And it just didn't, it just wasn't executed well. Yeah. It's look, before we jump into negatives, I want to I want to talk about some positives because I I think I have more just from our prior text like us talking while we were watching this shit. Sure. <laughs> like off air. Um I do have some there are some positive things. There is some stuff I did like in the movie. And before we like completely shit on certain I'm not going to shit on it again, but just talk about some stuff we didn't like and maybe how it could have been done differently and maybe a little more co- coherent as a as a film i'll say this one of my favorite things about this movie and it's this is a small detail i thought the opening credits were cool with the x-rays like just okay. the the title sequence you know the name of the actors the director over actual x-rays cool i can't think of too many other films that have done that um that's okay. that that's a small like that's something tiny (laughs) it's not a big giant thing that really kind of you know merits the film being great but i will say there are a couple of sequences in the film that do have a little bit of tension and and i want to i want your thoughts on this specific scene i'm about to talk about but the character of dr saxon he's one of the he's like the red herring in the movie and he's a fucking creep (laughs) <laughs> flat out it just doesn't make sense like the yes. way he's written doesn't make any sense he's like because you right and you're trying to like they're trying to guide you that oh this is probably him this is the one that's killing everybody but it it just doesn't i don't know it just doesn't <laughs> it doesn't fit it's it's so look so so again to not shit on dr saxon or the character of dr saxon the scene where He's examining her and like the fucking like the breathing and and like him touching her, all the close ups of him, like checking her heartbeat, him, you know, um, extracting blood. It's unnerving, dude. And you, you see the fuck. And I'm like, I'm not like needles don't scare me that much. But when I see them in a movie and you actually see it, I'm like, ugh. like, I'm not going to front like the close up, the close ups. It's shot. In a way where you're like skeeved out. So I did think that scene was effective considering he's not the killer. But they okay. want you to think he is. I thought it was shot, edited, 
well. And is is it exploitive of of her because she's naked? Like she didn't need to be topless. Like she was just dude, she's she didn't need to be just topless in the scene. I have another trivia, a piece of trivia yes. for you. That scene was the most crowded scene on set when they shot that. Oh, of, of <laughs> course. I'm sure 90% yep. of the crew were men on this fucking movie. And it was the fucking 80s. So I'm sure it was like Creep Fest fucking 2000 but, on set. But j- just to touch back on Dr. Saxon. And by the way, I don't know. I wonder if Dr. Saxon and, Do- and Dr. Carpenter are supposed to be homages to, you know, John Saxon and John Carpenter. That's <laughs> Probably. I kind of wrote down. But, um. Almost every character in this movie is a red herring. Like, they give them this weird, ominous characteristic yeah. that just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. And, and I have in my notes, I literally have in my notes multiple times, why is everybody so suspicious? Why is this hospital so weird? <laughs> yeah. And there are points in the movie where, like, the two doctor aides or whatever you want to call the two yeah. women that, that that bring Susan back to her room and subdue her and give her whatever pills, they're like, oh, she's having another seizure. And I thought this film was going to maybe go into a territory where this was all in her head and she was in the yeah. hospital the whole time. I would have liked the movie much more if it went that route. But then yeah. I kept thinking about it and I was like, I don't think it's going that route. Yeah, but, I, you could, and they could have easily done that. I feel yeah, like for it, sure. it, the movie after she kills the killer and we're kind of bouncing around. The movie just abruptly ends. Like, right. okay, I'm with my family. I'm happy. And I'm, then I'm good. And then her husband's like holding her. Meanwhile, they hate each other. Yeah, and then it's her ex-husband. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm sorry, her ex-husband. And then, like, in the beginning, like he tries to give her the daughter to her, and she's like, "I can't have her right now." And he's like, "Oh," yeah. and he takes her back, and they just sit in the apartment and wait. Like it's so weird. It's a strange that, that that's why even in my breakdown, I kind of just brushed over that because it's a strange subplot with her relationship with her ex husband and the daughter. It's and they cut back to the daughter several times, like playing and looking for them. It's like weird. It's just very odd. But you mentioned the weird people in the building and i agree you know if this was a serious film like a movie that was being that was like when i watched i was taking it serious (laughs) it wouldn't like it wouldn't it like it would bother me more but the fact that i know this is a stupid slasher movie it didn't bother me that much i actually thought it was kind of amusing like i love that there's just like a drunk dude wandering the fucking hospital there's that weird guy Who's like creepy as well, pounding down booze. There's the, like, and I and I actually honestly, there's these the three old women. I they're like pulled straight out of like a David Lynch movie. I I actually kind of got a kick out of the three. There's the woman with the spoons, the woman with the rosary, and then the one woman with like the really really mean looking grill, mm-hmm. who she's just like always looking at Susan with like a mean face. I thought they were so they felt like they were pulled out of a different movie. It's such an yeah, odd choice. Like, was this a sanitarium or a fucking emergency room? Or like, what is like, what is this? Like, what kind of hospital is this? That's and I, why totally, I kept saying the whole yeah, time. I, I will. I do agree with that. The concept of making it all be in Susan's head at the end, it would make more sense as to why there's all these strange people in. The hospital. And speaking of, and speaking of like hospitals, 
every person that dies in this movie, besides maybe Jack, and I want to talk about Jack's death scene in a second, um, and the character of Jack, because I thought it was fucking hysterical. But every character, they introduce them. Like, you, you meet Susan's doctor, right? The one that's supposed to have her information killed. Right. Then you meet, like, a nurse. And her death scene was pretty cool because, like, the killer's hiding behind the closet door. When she checks it, she closes the closet. He's there and stabs her. Again, you meet her, dead. The janitor. You meet him, he gets his face melted. And some of the gore is pretty good, too. I'm not going to front. It's, it's a pretty, it's not extremely gory, but it's got some decent kills in it. But, yeah, there's no development. You, don't, you do not get to know any of these characters. And that kind of, like, to me, and I get it. It's a slasher movie. You need a body count. But to me, I love slasher films where there's a little bit of character development. You know, on Patreon, we talked about Halloween 2, which is very reminiscent of this movie. It's better executed, obviously, Halloween 2. With, with it being set in a hospital, and there's a guy there, obviously Michael Myers, killing people. This is like, this is like if, I'm trying to think of, what's a, like a really exploitive, like exploitation director? I can't think of one off the top of my head. If like an exploitation director directed a directed Halloween 2, that's what this is. There's zero atmosphere. Eli Roth? No, not even one of the like seventies or eighties guys, like Jack Hill or some oh, okay. shit. Maybe like if he directed uh, Halloween two, but yeah, like in in Halloween two, there's a little bit of character development, and you get to know the characters. You 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 have scenes with them before they die. In this movie, it's like you meet them, they're fucking killed. And even the character of Jack, her current boyfriend, I found it fucking hysterical. But I loved it. How he was just sleeping in the car for two fucking hours waiting for her. Like, <laughs> if you would think maybe she'd run back downstairs and let him and tell him, "Hey, listen, they don't know where my files are. You know, it's gonna be a little while." She just she just keeps bouncing around like a fucking pinball yeah. all over that hospital. Yeah, it, like I said, it, it's it's just it's. I, I see what you're saying. How it's just odd choices, but I think for me, like some of these choices are so ridiculous like him just fucking waiting there then going into the building and getting killed like while he's looking for it. he gets his head cut off and it gets put into a valentine's day gift box which is pretty funny like the execution of his death and the reveal that he's dead when she finds the box and then they, that she tells the doctors his head's in the box and then he comes back and it's just a um cake, cake. like yeah. it's 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 executed well and if that kill was in a a better made movie with better character development or even better, more interesting characters, I should say, it would work. Because we've watched, and I know you, because you like slasher movies too, we've watched movies where the kills, like the payoff is so well executed that you care when that character is killed. And in this movie, you don't give a shit about anyone Except maybe not, not, Susan a little bit. I don't even. I yeah. Mean, there's no. There's no character development to her either. You don't know anything about her. All you know yeah. is that she was married and has a kid, and ha and is getting files from something yeah. <laughs> to get a better job or some whatever she yeah. says. Like it's, it it just doesn't have an interesting plot. And by the way, we haven't touched on this yet. It doesn't have anything to do with Valentine's Day. Just because you throw a couple <laughs> yeah. streamers on the wall and a couple hearts doesn't make it a Valentine's Day movie. I mean, like, it doesn't yeah. even feel like it. They could have added a little bit more. I, I I do like the decorations in, like, the waiting room. I think I saw a few, like, happy... And I think in her, like, in right. the waiting room. And in some then of the rooms, in, there's, like, hearts and shit. Yeah. But, 
I mean, it's like you. I feel like they tried to cash in on something that on hasn't holiday. been done much, mm-hmm. and then you know this it just wasn't executed. And by the way, the reason why I brought up my bloody Valentine before is because there's a scene in the beginning where three guys have gas masks on, and I was yeah. wondering, I was like, did they just fucking straight up steal this from my bloody Valentine? It because is weird. it's too conv- it's too you know like really. Up here, lady. We're fumigating this floor. But the receptionist downstairs said the eighth floor. This is the ninth floor. You better get out of here, kiddo. You're gonna get yourself the louse. Yeah, yeah another... it's weird. I, I did yeah. catch that too. And then, like, just looking at the release dates, like lining them up, technically, these movies would have been shooting around the same time. So maybe the producers of this movie knew about My Bloody Valentine, and they were trying to, I guess. Maybe Probably. throw shade at them or fuck with them or reference them, which would be an odd decision. If you want to, like, one-up the only other Valentine's Day-themed slasher movie. But, yeah, yeah but let, let me jump into another positive or something I like because I feel like we're dwelling on a lot of the negative. Um, I, I, I will say, again, the main thing with me is there are a few tense moments, like I mentioned, with the her being undressed and being examined and all that. That's a tense moment. I did also think the scene where, and it's a bit unnerving is when Susan is hiding behind a like curtain divider from the killer while he's holding an axe and heavily breathing and she's trying to get the lighter with her foot. I thought that scene was well done. I, I don't know if you remember the scene I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I have it written down. I, I actually like kind of cringed at that scene because I was just, how do you not notice that? Like you're walking straight ahead and you, yeah. <laughs> you don't see someone's <laughs> foot sticking out yeah. trying to grab a fucking Zippo? Now, there's one thing I want to talk about because I know, you know, when we were texting each other while we were watching this, we said the one thing, this, the one major thing this movie's missing is atmosphere. There is fucking none. And they, there and they shot no. it in an abandoned hospital. You would think that they would, you know, there would have been and there, there isn't. Yeah, there's no interesting lighting. Nothing. There's Everything is kind of flat, extremely bright. Even the kill scenes... They didn't really play with shadows. They didn't really do anything like that with the kills. And it was, again, it's a bit disappointing because when you watch a slasher film, that's very important. You know, one of the most iconic, again, Halloween, is full of atmosphere. Even Friday the 13th with the daytime shots has atmosphere. I don't know why this movie is lacking it. The only exception is... That floor is it? What are they doing? Are they like fumigating it? Yeah, That's, the ninth floor. Yeah, and the scene where he has her on the operation table and he's gonna cut her heart out. They they did use lighting. That's really the only two things I could think of where there is some atmosphere. The score sucked. The score is kind yeah, of yeah. It doesn't basic. make sense. And um, yeah, it's just it it felt like it was missing something. And and when, and you telling me that information about it being kind of rushed. And and kind of just shit out. It all so, makes sense. <laughs> it all makes sense, you know. And, and then it's funny because you mentioned the Halloween, the, the things. Uh, I said Halloween, but Valentine's Day. I mean, decorations. How like it's kind of shoehorned in. It it does make sense. And even thinking about it, it it's it, it's they they basically cast this shit. They got like a pretty model girl to be the lead, and we're like, all right, we're just gonna shoot this movie get it done we've got we've got our lead we've got our we've got our 
our abandoned hospital. The killer does look kind of cool. Like, I thought it, it's kind of not the most interesting killer costume. He's not wearing a mask, but like him wearing like the surgical doctor. The concept of a killer doctor is pretty terrifying. I think most people like, you know, doctors are supposed to be. It's like the, it's like the dentist. Most people are supposed to be, you know, most people have a little bit of a fear of the doctor or doctors. I love that movie. <laughs> the dentist yeah that's mm-hmm. a good movie too um but I, I didn't hate that i didn't hate his look i thought it was it was kind of cool all right a few things here first off i'll say this the older harry the doctor i felt he was the most charismatic character out of the entire cast mm, okay and then they made him the killer but he's like it's so weird because his the way he was as the killer, he was so like erratic and stiff. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, the it way makes he sense. walked and moved and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that's an interesting contrast. But the one thing I have to say is that on the ninth floor, you know what that reminded me of? What it reminded me of Resident Evil Two in the police and in, in the police. Uh, yeah. Whatever, uh, What's it called? The police? The Raccoon City Police Station is what you're thinking Department. of. Like the, the police yeah, the station. Department. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Completely just had a fucking brain fart there. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of that. And that was basically like the main thing I liked about this movie. And, it, and you know, this predates that by so many years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that. That was something I was like. And even like the sound effects. I feel like they put a lot of time into like recording sound effects and doing all this stuff around the you know movement and the gloves like he was always mm-hmm. he always heard like squishing latex and stuff like that i picked up on i thought it was cool yeah i feel like that's where like a lot of it was like a lot of like time to me was spent recording like all that kind of thing the and sound then, design <laughs> right the sound design and the yeah. only other thing, the one scene that I absolutely really liked, and I, I don't even think... Actually, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Maybe it was some sort of artistic, you know, way of <laughs> shooting this, was when she yeah. go, she's, like, running, and she goes into a room, and it's three people in body casts, and they're all, like, <laughs> hanging there, and it, it's... That was a really good... I like that scene. Yeah. I don't think that's supposed to be artistic. I, I, mean, I, just I think saying, it's just absurd. Look... Look, man, I watched this movie in the way I would watch any kind of hysterically bad movie. Like, I just, like, that scene was so dumb. It came out of left field. Just these three dudes, like, in body cast hanging there. It's just, like, ridiculous, you know? Yeah, well, like I said, we, I know it sounds like we're shitting on the movie, and we're really (laughs) not. Like, I'm really not trying to. It just, I just did. I want to understand the choices. That's what I think. I'm. I think we're both trying to get us. We just want to understand the, you know, the angle this director <laughs> the was poor coming choices from they made while making this, this movie. Uh, uh, so, what are some things you would change to maybe make it better? Well, here I got a little. I got a little paragraph <laughs> written right here. The things I would have changed to make this movie better. Look at that. A score that made sense because the score mm-hmm. has like it's got like chanting and it's got like this ritual yeah. thing going on that doesn't have doesn't fucking make sense. Mm-hmm. Actual atmosphere. You shot this movie in an abandoned hospital. You should have been able to you know capitalize on that. Better lighting. The killer being less stiff and silly. 
again, <laughs> being that he was, to me, the most charismatic character out of everybody. Yeah. Had a better emphasis on the holiday of Valentine's Day and actual gore and makeup effects. Because most of the kills, there's not a lot of gore. It's mostly just kind of like gags. Like, oh, you know, like when the one guy gets stabbed in the throat, it's clearly on the side of his neck. But the way they shoot it, yeah. you can't see it. You know, there's a couple of blood sprays, but I would have liked to have seen Gore. I would have liked to have seen this guy's head get cut off with the saw. Yeah. Jack, whatever his fucking Yeah, name they, they didn't have the uh, the Tom Savini budget for this movie, I guess. No. They didn't. You know, you mentioned the Prowler. Like, the Prowler is, like, no, like known for the gore effects because they're fucking brutal. I, I thought, I like, I thought Dr. Saxon's death scene, getting whacked with the axe was pretty cool. Um, the acid to the face was pretty good. There were a couple of... I think I mentioned them before. I thought some of the gore was okay, but a lot of it was off screen. It was like the person was out of frame and you just see blood and stabbing. Right. But honestly, I've seen worse horror movies, especially slash. I've seen worse slasher movies where like one person dies the entire movie or two. And it's like horrible, you know? Um, but I agree with a lot of what you said that would make it better. It's just so odd. It's 1981. The score should have been 100% like synthy or something. That would have definitely helped this movie. Uh, like, it didn't make sense. It's almost like they use stock music in this, in like in the yeah. movie. That's kind of what it comes off as. Um, I also think maybe having the character of Jack be a little more involved, like maybe have him enter the hospital, and you're following Jack through all the different rooms while he's looking for Susan. And then he gets killed. So you're rooting for him. You know what I mean? As like a hero. Mm -hmm. There's no hero in this movie. It's just Susan being like held down, tied down, drugged, <laughs> getting told she has to stay there one thing after the other. She doesn't come off as like a badass final girl at all in this movie. No. If she's you just bland. Her, she's yeah. a very bland character. And, you know... You have these scenes with her ex-husband. They're sitting in the apartment, him and his kid. The phone's ringing. He's got a knife in his hand, and it's, he's acting very strange. Yeah. It's like they're they, they trying to, to purposely fool yeah. you, but they're trying too hard. That's the yeah. thing. They're trying too hard to make you think every single person on screen is the <laughs> bad the person. Killer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's it's tough, dude. It's it's you see with slasher movies like this. Again, I, I feel like you can't your expectations ninety percent of the time. And I'm sure this won't be the last one we talk about on the show. But I feel like your expectations have to be super low with most of them because the ones that we all know and love are good for a reason, and the bad ones are bad because of shit like this movie did, where you just yeah. don't care. And again, yep. I think if you're into bad movies, I feel like you could possibly enjoy this. You know, if you want to watch see, something I, I a little disagree. different. See, it's funny you say that because I'm pretty good at finding things I like, even in the worst yeah. of situations yeah. with films. And this yeah. one, I, I couldn't. I just couldn't. And it, I rated it half a star on fucking <laughs> on Letterboxd. There's yeah. just nothing redeemable about it. And like when I was telling Sheila this is the movie we're, yeah. we're covering, yeah. she goes, oh, that sounds really interesting. And then I literally text, voice texted her and said, skip it. I said, it's not worth <laughs> watching. It's yeah. not worth watching. Like I sat on the couch and, and, and listen, 
like Ninja 3 to Dominion is one of my favorite movies. And it's a bad movie. But I love that movie. It's silly. But that movie has like, you know, some a great soundtrack, a great score, a, a ridiculous premise. It's got a great like main character, like uh, what is it? Lucinda Dickey, I think. Lucinda Dickey's her name. I don't know her name, but it's. I think movie. It, that's what who it is. Like she's great. She's a babe in the movie, respectfully. Like you know, like there's a lot to that movie that I really love. And, but it's a shitty movie. When I was watching this, I actually appreciated all the bad choices because they were so like. I sometimes put myself in the shoes of a filmmaker as like an indie filmmaker. I'm like sitting there, I'm like, what poor choices? Like someone thought that was a good idea. Like obviously the husband is not the killer, the ex-husband, because he's with the daughter at another location. (laughs) So even faking him holding the knife makes zero sense. Or even Dr. Saxon. Like at a time I was like, hmm, is it him because of him being a creep? Oh, no, it's not him. It's definitely not him. He just took an axe to the back of the head. You know, I, 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 I get your side of it. And listen, on Letterboxd, I'd give this a one star. Just because I thought some of the tense moments were well done. Like I said, repeatedly. Um, but That's most fair. of it is pretty low end. You, you have any closing thoughts on X-Ray, Dave? Before we wrap up here with this fucking movie? <laughs> No, we basically, you know, we basically covered everything. It's just, and again, it makes sense that this thing was slapped together because it feels like it was slapped together. And do I think it could have been, it could it have been something better? Of course. I would have loved to have seen it go the route of, the, you know, it was all in Susan's head. Or even supernatural. And, you know, she was, right, more something more supernatural, like that. Yeah. But it just, it's just, it tried too hard. It tried too hard to be a slasher. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it probably wasn't written. It was probably written as some other shit, and they just converted it into a slasher film. Yeah, Someone so, wrote I mean, this script in like two days, and was like, they they yeah. just were like, all right, we're making this fucking I, movie. I never even heard of this movie. You brought it up, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And I, I had no expectations. And once I was watching, I heard the score, and I was just like, I don't know about this. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, these are my closing thoughts. If you want to watch a shitty slasher movie that is loosely themed around Valentine's Day, I'd recommend it. Very loosely themed. It's not high on people's... It's not up there with, like, My Bloody Valentine, both the original, the remake, and Valentine. Because it's it's not up there for a reason. But if you want to watch, like, a deep-cut oddball strange experiment of a slasher film i'd recommend x-ray you might be like what the fuck half of the time but you might enjoy a thing or two from time to time again it all depends on your taste for these type of movies it's harry it's not harry it's harold remember it's harold so that was X-Ray, a.k.a. Hospital AKA. Massacre, a.k.a. AKA. War 13, a.k.a. Be AKA. My Valentine, or else. Or else. A.k.a. Tommy Valentine. Had to just throw Tom in there. We love you, Tom. 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover. And check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. And if you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And on behalf of the entire Haunted Hangover family, we'd like to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, guys.